Hey everyone, before we start the show, I have a request. If you value this podcast, the stories, the wisdoms and insights, I would like your support. My book, Pathways to Business Success, is just now published and available on all Amazon and Google Play platform. Or simply, you can just visit ihabtabara.com to find out more. I wrote this book to help aspiring entrepreneurs to start their own business by sharing my wisdom and experience in life and also to motivate people who want to make a change. If you would like to support me as your friend and if you haven't read my book yet and wanted to learn the secret to success and how to develop an entrepreneurial mindset, Pathways to Business Success book is for you. So please just grab and buy my book. It will only cost you a few cups of coffee. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Pathways to Business Success podcast series. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of having with me our amazing guest speaker, Philip Pahouchi, CEO and founder of Magnet. Just a bit of background for our listeners. Magnet is the largest online community for startups across the MENA region. Based out of Dubai, Magnet connects entrepreneurs directly with the ecosystem stakeholders, including founders, mentors, support services, and talents. Please, Philip, can you introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a bit about your background? Hi, thank you very much for having me. Um, it's a bit of a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm the founder of Magnet. Uh, like you said, we call ourselves the most comprehensive VC data platform for mm-hmm. the Middle East, but we're looking to expand across emerging venture markets as we continue to grow. I am Iraqi originally, uh, brought up in the UK, uh, was in consulting, then went into banking, did my MBA at INSEAD, um, mm-hmm. and then decided to start Magnet, uh, where we've continued to grow the platform over the last couple of years. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, I want to ask you, how come you decided to, you know, to start your own entrepreneur? How did you decide? I kind of fell into entrepreneurship to the extent whereby um, I had left, as I mentioned, um, INSEAD, where I had focused on all of the entrepreneurial classes uh, mm-hmm. as the electives. And I really wanted to do something that was proprietary on my own. I actually worked in the family business for a period of time before I actually decided this is something that I wanted to do. So um, unlike most who have to make a decision about leaving a job or et cetera, I was already in something that had kind of a low opportunity cost of actually getting started. Um, And ultimately it was trying to help solve for a pain point at the time of connecting MBA entrepreneurs with MBA alumni. Uh, and building that proposition out um, as a platform. Uh, so I, I, I didn't really decide to be an entrepreneur. I kind of fell into it by trying to solve a problem. Okay. Um, but it's something that I was very passionate about that kind of grew from there. Well, that's amazing. I mean, I believe the passion is the key to any success, I think, for any startup, right? Uh, I don't think. I like the word passion much because passion can be blinding. I always say that it's hustle, which combines passion and determination. Ultimately, uh, the most successful entrepreneurs are those that can problem solve and find solutions where problems exist. And I do mm-hmm. believe that, like you said, passion is important, but unfortunately passion can be almost um, jading and clouding because sometimes you have too 
passionate entrepreneurs that don't pivot and change and move in the direction of where the company needs to go because they're so obsessed with um, their strong beliefs. And I think that being able to tamper that and have a slightly more flexible approach is very important. Absolutely. So you said hustle and determination is more important. I mean, like the combination of all these kind of things, right? Yeah. I mean, no, of course, I mean, passion is important, but I think it needs yeah. to be balanced with an ability to, to, to move and change when things are not going right. And sometimes mm-hmm. passionate people can be clouded um, in their views of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, Philip, how did you come up uh, with the name Magnet and what's the story behind it? Um, so when I started the company, originally, I had a friend of mine that was in the kind of marketing world. And I, I sat down and we, we brainstormed the idea. Uh, the original idea of Magnet, like I said, was to connect MBA entrepreneurs to MBA alumni. And it was based on a Tinderized process. And so when we were kind of coming up with a connection concept, uh, we went through a whole bunch of different names, very mm-hmm. generic, boring names. And I remember him telling me a very simple thing. He says, look, the name for you needs to resonate more importantly with you than anybody else. And so I said, look, I want something that brings together people. I want it to be short, no more than two syllables. And it needs to be available in .com. So when we played around with things, the idea of magnet, a magnet bringing people together. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it wasn't available as M-A-G-N-E-T, but was available as N-I-T-T, for me, was a story that could resonate and then be built from. The spelling mistake made it odd. It made people remember it and it made people recognize it. And so ultimately, as he said, if you are able to sell that story and you believe in the name, uh, everything else will come from that. So the focus on connectivity is the magnet. The spelling and the way that it's kind of developed has been the essence of remembering it and being able to resonate with the name. Well, that's fantastic, fantastic. So, wow, that's an amazing story. Can you explain to our listeners, you know, the your ecosystem platform, how, how does it work? I mean, uh, how people can, you know, can you connect the investors to the startup? How, well, how so ultimately at the core of Magnet, it's a data platform. And um, for me, it's like saying that uh, data is the new oil. In a space where there is a fundamental lack of information, a lack of transparency, which is the venture space or the private institution space, specifically in the Middle East, uh, where we started, where unlike the US or the UK or European institutions or entities whereby you can go into company houses and regulators to get this information, I always remembered back in the day when I was at Olive Wyman, Zawiya used to be the platform when we were doing market research on the Middle East mm-hmm. that we would need to reference and source, despite there being Bloomberg and Thomson Reuters, which eventually acquired Zawiya from the region. And the reason okay. that they were so successful was that they localized the data, the information and the platform to the markets that the consultants and the, the bankers that were um, sourcing this information were relying on. And effectively, Uh, At its core, that's what Magnet's creating, this this transparency of information, accuracy of information of startups in the venture space. And as we've continued to grow, we see many similarities across different geographies, whether that is uh, Southeast Asia, whether that's Africa, whether that's Eastern Europe. Now, data is only as good as the utility of that data. And ultimately, what we provide is a platform that helps startups identify investors, Mm -hmm. investors um, potentially connect with founders, 
corporates that are getting into the innovation space uh, identify trends and analysis, governments who are looking to benchmark their um, policies and initiatives identify key metrics of success. And so we allow the users based on their particular interests to either one, source that information, two, chart that information, and three, extrapolate that information for their own purposes. Wow. So basically, yeah, I mean, you connect the investors with the founders, government, they can take the data. And uh, that's an amazing story, indeed. So basically, you... if anyone's listening is like particularly interested in the venture space, i.e. funding, company growth, startup sourcing on a particular industry, geography, or, or segment, um, whether it's PE, VC, um, corporate innovation, the platform is there to help educate you and connect with the relevant stakeholders. That's fantastic, amazing. Thank you, Philip, for the explanation. Uh, did you face any challenges during your journey or do you have like other opportunities that came up? Many challenges. I, I challenge you to find any founder that hasn't had multiple challenges that they continue to experience. Um, first one was that I was a sole founder. Uh, I think that despite doing all the electives, which advise against being a sole founder and, <laughs> and having a co-founder, one of the things that I definitely learned was despite all the theory that I learned at INSEAD, um, until you start putting it into practice and doing it yourself, it literally is just theory. And the best learning lesson is by doing it yourself. And mm -hmm. so one, by being a sole founder, that was one of the biggest challenges because while I may have some experience in kind of business, I didn't have any experience in technology. Uh, and that was something that was always a hindrance. The second one was that, again, a lesson I didn't learn from um, the MBA, I decided to go into a platform um, at a global level. <laughs> so MBAs mm -hmm. at a global level, not really localizing it to a particular geography and not looking to um, monetize it from day one. And without a clear path to monetization, despite me knowing that fundamentally the, the value of the information um, was the source of monetization, without a clear path to monetization, that was a very big challenge in the early years until we managed to get that right. Okay. Fascinating. Is there and the problems you... don't the problems don't stop as you continue to grow. You always have new problems. So now it's people and getting a culture and team and scaling. So at each level of growth, you continue to face challenges. Exactly. I think culture is one of the most important challenges. I think in organization because the culture has to be you know aligned or balanced with all the you know stakeholders, right? I think that the team of any startup is the defining factor of success. Um, ideas are dime a dozen, and you can have many people doing the same thing, but the implementation of that idea, the team that will be able to execute on it um, are the key drivers to the success. And as part of that, as you grow, when you're no longer four or five people, you become 20 people, 50 people, 100, um, the culture of the organization and interestingly, more kind of what it is that you're looking to achieve needs to resonate with the people that are joining and they need to be very transparent and clear when they join. If they don't believe in what it is that you're doing, then it becomes a nine to five job. And unfortunately in the startup world, uh, it's not a corporate world. It's not a nine to five job. It needs to be for a bigger purpose than just to get exactly. a paycheck. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely right. Is there a lesson that you learned that you wish you knew two years ago? 
I, I think kind of the points that I mentioned, uh, the ones that I said about having a co-founder, um, having mm -hmm. a monetized product, um, having a sticky product. I think something that's very important is you don't need to have lot. I mean, ultimately, you don't need to have lots of features. I always say this. Uh, Sam Altman from Y Combinator says that it's it's much more powerful to get a small number of people to really love your product and mm -hmm. to be obsessed with that product and to be able to pay for that product than a large number of people to kind of just like it. And the reason is if people are really <coughs> sticky and in love with that product, they're able to sell that and share that with other people. If they're lukewarm and they just like it, it's very hard for you to be able to share that um, and for that to be able to scale and grow. So instead of just adding features and pushing out lots of different elements to it, get the core problem solved that people can buy into than just adding clutter to a product that nobody really wants. Absolutely right, absolutely. Do you have any advice for the entrepreneurs who are listening? Any for any innovative ideas? Um, I always say the same thing. Um, if you are not ready to put 150% into this venture business for the next 10 years of your life when you get started, don't mm -hmm. bother doing it at all. Um, <laughs> 150%, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Like basically, if you're not if you're not in a position, whether it's family, uh, monetary, societal, whatever it is, to be able to do that yeah. commitment, then then the problem is if you start getting off the ground, then you put money into it, and then it grows a little bit, and then you get into a very slippery slope. And and let me caveat that by saying I'm not trying to be negative. Join a startup. Like if you're not ready to make that 10-year commitment to potentially be successful, you have no guarantee in startups. It's like mm -hmm. 10 years to maybe be successful. Then join one. Go and learn what it's like. I told you that you need to have firsthand experience. Go and join one and, and, and get the experience on the dime of somebody else. And then How do you do that, out. if I may ask you? How can you join a well, I mean, startup? Can, many companies are growing and scaling all the time and at different levels they have different um, employment opportunities so mm -hmm. i know that INSEAD, for instance uh, we just hired uh, an INSEAD uh, alumni to come and join us and that's the first okay. INSEAD person that we had come and join us uh, to, to lead our research so companies basically uh, an interesting one if you're looking to join a startup is look at the amount of funding that they've received if somebody's raised mm. about a million dollars, they're still trying to define their management team and, and, and they'll exactly. still be somewhat frugal on salaries. But if you're able to take the hit on the salary, maybe you get some equity on the upside. If mm -hmm. they've raised five or 10 or 20 million, then as, as an alumni from LBS, for instance, they'll start needing to fill um, their, their senior positions with people with more experience potentially. So a good proxy to working out how to join these companies is to work out how much they've recently received in funding. And if you have a particular angle that you can go to that company, mm -hmm, I mean, it's almost mm -hmm. the same thing. You need to be super passionate about the company or the position. So one of those two things you need to be passionate about. And what we always say when we hire there's three things that you ultimately look for. You look for years of experience in a particular mm -hmm. industry, skill set, and hunger. Now you can do with two of those things if you can't get all three, but you can't do without hunger. 
So you can have skills and hunger, but then a limited number of years of experience or years of experience and hunger, but they need to learn new skill set. And so if you have that hunger about either the industry or the position and you're ready to join a company, but to take a potentially lower salary, um, but buy into that kind of journey, that's mm -hmm. how you can join those companies. Obviously, after going through the interview process. Absolutely. So basically looking for years of experience, skill set and hunger. Yeah, that's great. Do you, how do you see the, um, the startup ecosystem in the GCC? Is there any gap or room for improvement? Well, at a venture level, I think you're seeing um, decent growth in the last couple of years. Uh, since we started doing Magnet, we've tracked around $5 billion worth of investments over the last 10 years, uh, 10 to 15 years. And in the last couple of years, you've seen an acceleration in the number of deals uh, the government policies, the number of founders that are starting companies, the number of exits that have been happening. So I think that it's been positive from that perspective. I think mm -hmm. the gap is that if you took the total amount of funding of 2019, uh, we're currently preparing the 2020 report, it was the equivalent to the total amount of venture funding in Holland last year. Okay. So when you think that you're servicing a $350 million, uh, 50 million population, um, that is still a drop in the ocean compared to the amount of capital that you would need um, to further really grow the startup ecosystem in the region. In terms of opportunities of startups, I leave each founder to work out what that is. Historically, you have seen a lot of infrastructure solutions and those can be in e-commerce, fintech, now you're seeing education, healthcare, all of the COVID impacted industries have seen huge opportunities for growth. But let's be clear, there's still huge room for opportunities in the Middle East because it's still such a nascent environment for startups. So mm -hmm. yeah, maybe there was a Uber and Kareem and yeah, maybe there was a, a Souk being acquired by Amazon, but now Amazon, you're seeing yeah. specialized, specialized platforms that focus on just contact lenses, that focus on just perfume, that focus on whatever is a pain point that can be solved for um, with scale is an opportunity and and the financial services industry is definitely an industry that is ripe for disruption absolutely like also uh, scc pay got uh, acquired by western union i think recently right uh, investment yeah investment yeah 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 uh philip thank you so much for today for your time any last word of wisdom for listeners for entrepreneurs for startups no, like I said, at all levels, the best way to get into the entrepreneurial space is to educate yourself, understand the trends that are happening in the region, what the opportunities are. If you want to join a company, um, that's the best way to have firsthand experience working with them. Um, if you want to read about it, there's plenty of information on Magnet that can support you. Um, but ultimately, we know that the governments in the region have entrepreneurship high on the agenda to diversify the economies, how they go about doing that and implementing that, it has plenty of room for growth and scale. Um, and, and that's where the opportunity lies. Well, that's great. Uh, thank you again, Philip, for being here. Thank you for listening, our listener for being here. Stay tuned and subscribe to our next Pathway to Business Success podcast. I look forward to speaking to you again. Have a great day, everyone, and bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Pathways to Business Success podcast. It has been a pleasure to have you and I hope you have enjoyed our episode. 
If you would like to listen more to our experts, interview and amazing speakers, please subscribe and come and find us on www.ihabtabara.com.